Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Bijou Podcasts. You're listening to episode 20 of the Stacey June Show. Today, I am thrilled to have Yogi Kate Kendall as my guest. Hello friends, happy podcast day. I don't know if I can say that anymore because I have that many podcasts and I'm uploading several different things all the time. So it's not really a special day of the week. And my phone is going ballistic because I am putting together the plans for a a podcast that will launch in a couple of weeks. And let me just give you a hint. It's got something to do with the (laughs) relection. So it is really exciting and I can't wait to share it with you. Um, I want to talk about my guest today in a second. Her name is Kate Kendall. She's released a new book. It is called Life in Flow. And Kate is someone that has an infectious personality. And when I say infectious, I use the word not in the traditional sense. And I'll explain that to you in a second. I just wanted to say a big hello uh, to those of you that have been listening, to those of you that are new to any of my kind of content, and essentially to those of you that are really happy with the new direction. I have had some time over the Easter break and really had a bit of a think about what this podcast stands for. And I'm really quite clear on the fact that at the beginning of the launch, at the beginning of the, I guess, the concept for this podcast and then leading into the launch, I should say, there was a real, I guess, I guess, I keep saying I guess a lot. There was a real sense of empowerment in sharing a new message. And I wanted to be very clear on the style and direction that I was heading in, that I wanted to be doing much more conscious work, that I wanted to be putting myself into a place of service and sharing skills, tricks, tools, modalities, uh, alternative therapies that I have used, practiced and now teach myself. The interesting thing is I found as I get into more of a groove with this show, I realize that one thing I definitely don't want to lose is the sense of navigation that I do alongside you. So I hope that you're getting that. I hope that uh, you are understanding that as we learn more tools about how we can practice our best selves, our, our best lives, be able to achieve better confidence, to create a bit of an inner spark within us by really harnessing our intuition and the power behind that, that I'm navigating that road with you. I'm alongside you and I think it's really a great place to be offering what I know but also putting myself out there alongside you and asking the questions to learn with you. And I never want to lose that sense. And and it's been really important for me to learn that in the last few months that even though there was a step out in, I guess, more of a, I guess, grounded and very clear direction. And I think you can learn alongside someone and not war- not have a, a, you know, a, I suppose an unclear direction, but I want to be really clear on the fact that I want to be a, a student to this work and a student to some of the guests that are joined, uh, joining me on the show. So I hope you're getting that vibe and and I hope that you are excited that as much as there has been a shift and a change in the podcast and the things that I'm doing, one thing I never want to lose is the ability to learn with you. I love I love you if you're listening and not just because you're listening, but I love you because you're like me. I love you because you are 
a person that's trying to better themselves, a person that is looking for ways to carve their own path, for a person that is essentially wanting to break chains of where they've come from and and want to create magic for themselves and believe that anything is possible and, and practice these this kind of law of attraction that we talk about, but this real universal energy and utilize it and put it into power and be able to find ways to expand ourselves. I think the big thing for me as well that I am really looking to focus on over the next six months is finding different ways to harness our individuality. So I'll talk about that a little bit more as the weeks progress. Today's guest is the wonderful Kate Kendall. She's a yoga teacher. She owns her own yoga and gym studio called Flow Active in Surrey Hills. She's just released a brand new book, which we speak about in length, which is called Life in Flow. I've got all of the details in show notes if you're interested after the interview in buying it. Um, And she is just a really incredible soul. But I wanted to talk about how she has this this real captivating sense of self, this real personality that you're you're really drawn to, but it's not in a traditional bravado, loud, look at me kind of way. She's got such an inner calm and an inner sense of well, what it appears to be peace that you are really magnetically drawn to her. I adored this afternoon I had with Kate. She spoke about so much and she is really such a boss in that she has a complete open heart and her story and the ways that she describes things are completely, uh, I don't know, just open and she's she really doesn't leave any stone unturned. We spoke about how yoga as an industry is starting to understand the importance of slowing down and how when I started vinyasa yoga and hot yoga was such a big thing and I think it still is but how that's changing. We spoke about her struggles with uh, her body image and, and anorexia and how she really found found her way out of that but how you know, it was really tough for her for many, many years across high school and then university. We'd also talk about moving from numb to feeling. And I love this part of the show. She, she, She goes into detail about the moment that she felt she went from a real numb sense of, I'm not really sure what's going on with my life and I don't know why I don't feel to all of a sudden having an idea of what it felt like to have feelings and and, in, and instead of running away from them or kind of burying them, they were there. And I think this is something that we can all really take a lot from. She gives practical skills in the second half of the interview to find ways for us to slow down in our busy lives. We talk about how there's no more room for excuses and we also do a mini meditation right at the end, which is delightful. You will love this chat with Kate. Let her know you heard her here. You can find her at Active Yogi uh, on Instagram and you can go and stalk her if you like at activeyogi.com.au on her website. As I said, all the details for Kate's information and her book are on uh, the podcast show notes or you can check them out at stacyjune.com. Guys, this is a really great chat. There's a lot about yoga but about how she really practices her yoga lifestyle in her actual life and how and she's not it's not wanky you know there's nothing um there's nothing wanky about it it's really actually a very honest conversation about how yoga has essentially opened up many different avenues of her and therefore opened up amazing opportunities in her life i hope you enjoy this chat been so long since we've chatted i don't think we've ever really sat down and chatted like this one-on-one though never no it's always been on a yoga mat yeah and and on the other end of a phone and doing weird shit on the yoga mat too yes there's always a a bit of a joke um i want before we get into life in flow which is your new book which is why i said ah you've got to come on the show we've got so much (laughs) to talk about um congrats on becoming a mummy thank you how is it how has it changed you to date it's changed me in so many ways. Probably the biggest thing that it's changed is I care way less about the stuff that I used to think was important, like getting my hair right and making mm. sure my clothes were perfect. And that all that's sort of secondary now when you've got another little human to look after and care for and 
and I'm back at work part-time. And so when I'm there, so it's six months into the journey with little Alice mm-hmm. Matilda. And when I'm at work, I feel on and I feel present because I'm only there a short amount of time, part-time. But then when I get in the car to come home to her, it's like, this is, this is what it's all about for me at the moment. This is the joy. Yeah. It's so interesting, isn't it? There is so, there's totally something that shifts in you, I think, before you even fall pregnant. I don't know if you'd agree. Because a lot of people fall pregnant by surprise. But I think for a lot of people, there's something that when it might take three months, it might take three years. But when you say on, mm. like the green, the switch is on, you, if you think back to that point from now, it's, it's kind of the, the biggest transformation of your life, right? It's got to mm. be. Yeah, I think that when you switch the green light and, and sort of press on. And you might not consciously do that either. Yeah, but if, you need it, if it is conscious, which it definitely was for us, you start treating your body differently too. Mm. Like, wow, the body's so precious. This is what it's going to do. It's going to house, hopefully, this tiny, tiny little speck of a thing and then it's going to grow the speck of a thing into the size of a peanut, into the size of an apple, into the size of a watermelon. And then there's your baby like, wow, how awesome is the body? And you also think about those that part of your body like I know we talk about gut health and but around that area where all of our like our lady parts are our uterus and our womb and fallopian tubes they become such a they become as as real I guess clear as your heart whereas before you know your heart it feels when you have a heartbreak or you when Mm. you're excited or I don't know, your bum, you sit on it, your feet, you walk on it. But then there's these parts that you bleed from and essentially you've kind of got a bit of an idea, but then all of a sudden they become really present and and big in your life. It's weird. And sacred. It's kind of sad that it takes that point for us to really think about that. I want to talk to you about that process though, not necessarily falling pregnant, but the process of slowing down. Mm. And I don't know if this is something that Um, because that's a a lot of your book is around like life in flow Mm -hmm. but a a lot of the time we miss I think particularly in the yoga community or even if you're looking in at the yoga community that flow can mean many things and one of the things I think I've realized that I was missing in my life probably up until a couple of years ago and I think many of the conversation doesn't necessarily have a focus on is the slow flow Mm -hmm. and maybe that's where it originated from maybe there were other parts to the yoga history story that I'm not familiar with but when I got into yoga and what was surrounding me and what was offered and what was focused on was very much a fast intense heated flow Mm -hmm. and obviously lots of spiritual parts came with that you had your own journey everyone had their own experiences but as an industry, I guess, and an understanding overall, it was about quick mm-hmm. as opposed to slow. Do you think that that is changing or do you think that uh, that is an age thing? Like where do you think that comes into the conversation? I think uh, the whole sort of more physical type of yoga, you know, in this country and I know in the US, there was a big focus for a while on the power sort of yoga um, and, and a lot of that was heated. And to answer your question, yes, I think it's slowing down. I think we as we as society are realizing that, you know, getting into more of the slow and more still kinds of yoga like um, like yin or a slow flowing class or even a beautiful hatha class, um, everyone's really ready for it. We're right because now more so than ever before, we are so disconnected and we're so busy and we're so being pulled in a thousand different directions. And so that contrast, people are realizing, oh, that in that contrast, in that slowness, in that stillness, that's where I kind of need to be. It doesn't mean that it's easy. It doesn't mean that it's easy at all. Like at Flow Athletic, at the studio, we I really encourage all of our teachers and all of our teachers are on board with that. And that's why they continue to teach at Flow is because they also believe in that slow practice, slow leading of a class. Um, we, we do encourage the students to move slowly. Um, for a couple of reasons if we're looking at it from a physical um, and anatomical point of view when you're moving slowly through a class it's actually 
actually sometimes a bit harder than going fast because you have to be more aware of your core and it's like you have to move from the inside out so you're moving slowly from the very very core muscles out um, that's what gives you so much grace and integrity when you're moving around a yoga mat or not we don't always get the graceful part um, <laughs> and that's okay but it's that awareness of the core that helps us to move nice and slowly but when we're moving slowly it helps us to feel like we're moving through guess a moving meditation um so it's an opportunity to slow down it's to come back to your body to come home to the body and instead of just flinging your limbs around and um, stamping your feet from one end of the yoga mat to the other it's more considered and it's conscious and it's yeah you're just aware okay I'm placing my foot here it's almost like sacred movement I'm placing my foot here and I can feel the heel of my foot land in the mid and then the toes so it's that real um, tantric kind of philosophy in in yoga of the senses and feeling everything because I think that's the whole point is to feel everything like when we want to exercise a lot of it is around and and working through a lot of using examples of a lot of different types of exercise not just yoga whether you do gym or weights or f50 whatever that is 45 yeah um once it was f60 and i'm like i'm sorry i came for 45 minutes i didn't know saturdays were 60 you can get fucked that's a lie i almost vomited never went back (laughs) if it's your thing it's your thing is my point but I think a lot of us focus on um, getting our heart rate up and thinking about ways to not just necessarily lose weight, but make sure that we're getting a fitness element of it. And somebody pointed out to me that there is an energy that moves through you that works similarly to that heart rate in slow yoga. Can you give us the truth bombs behind that and, and how much of a, I guess, a traditional fitness um, like fitness benefit we're getting from slowing down the same as we would if we were speeding up. Okay. So I guess I come up from diff- different angle because my practice initially was a physical thing. Initially I got into it because I thought it would make me look really good. But uh, more than anything else, it is going to slow. Look, the whole purpose of yoga is, as potentially said, yoga is the cessation of the fluctuations of the mind. Mm-hmm yoga being this whole philosophy of living not just the asana not just what you're doing on a yoga mat for 60 minutes or 90 minutes or whatever so that is just one tiny little piece of what yoga is so yoga and all of its practices and philosophies are aimed to help your mind to quieten down it's not going to quieten completely that would be impossible Mm -hmm. goal Um, but the idea is that we're slow enough to be able to hear the nature of the thoughts to become less attached to them so the benefit of slow movement and what it's doing to the body and what it's doing to the mind is it's calming the nervous system and it's encouraging why how it encourages us to take those full generous conscious breaths and and that itself has a knock-on effect to the nervous system as well as to so many other things to the digestive system um, our immunity it's it's kind of like this it's like sending it's like a pill that you can take this yoga pill that you can take through movement that sends a message to the whole of your body that it's okay it's time to slow down and reset and let yourself catch up and then one of the biggest myths and one of the biggest um, I think it saddens me so much people don't do yoga because it's boring or because they don't have time for it or because it's not fast enough or but what it actually does is it slows you down enough that you can focus that's one of the things I noticed like from the get-go when I first started yoga is it helped me to stress the small stuff less and I could focus so much better so I'd go to work I was working in advertising when I first started yoga and I was like whoa I could I could focus I could get things done and I was really really productive it was mm. like I'd had a coffee or she bought yourself five hours a week or whatever it yeah. was yeah so my whole philosophy is you slow down to become more productive and it sounds so counterproductive but no it's the power and the pause yeah it's interesting because at times I definitely uh I not only see the benefits in yoga or feel the more I've experienced them, but I'm indebted to them. It's something that I feel like found me at a time that was the right time. But what I do think is sometimes in difficult times, 
like like a lot of things you turn away from the things that will look after you and it was funny I had probably the hardest year of my life last year and barely practiced Mm. how what do you say to that in terms of making sure as well that you're true to where you're at because there is a tricky thing about being disciplined to making sure that you are practicing and moving your body slash now to a point where we go so much that we need to be doing three things three practices a week or we need to be doing gym three times and we need to be living this in order to then experience all the things you said and not necessarily checking in with ourselves in the moment or the day or the month even so I think and I think I'm going to answer your question for this but I think sometimes we stop practicing and doing those things, those little rituals that are important to us because we know that when we slow down, we're going to hear certain things and we're going to feel certain things that we don't want to feel. Like if you had a tough year, just like when I'm going through a tough time myself, the last thing I want to do is meditate. The last thing I want to do is get on the mat because it's painful, because truths come up, because a big part of listening is yoga and yoga is listening so you know I feel like when you're really listening those listening pulls truths Mm. so I think that's why we avoid it but also be open to like yeah we go through different stages and Mm. sometimes I do I'm like I'm just gonna do yoga because that's really what's gonna serve me or because that's really what what I want to do I'm just gonna go with that and then other times I'll be doing yoga and then you know strength classes and fitness classes but I think we've got to kind of be um easy on ourselves as well and Mm. the nature of the way that we practice or the nature of the way we train is going to change but does that answer your question I mean we do avoid we avoid those practices sometimes when we need them most and that's human and I and I think it actually relates to people that haven't quite dived in yet too that are are thinking and I know this was me for a few years Mm. in my early 20s I was thinking and all I really understood and knew at the time was everyone was doing Bikram so Mm. and I was like oh I'll faint there (laughs) and that was my kind of vibe I don't know if that's for me but I knew that there was a philosophy or there was a pulling but I don't think I was ready and it is interesting because there I think it's not just about if you go in or out of it but also it's probably also quite relevant to people that are thinking about starting it Mm -hmm. but haven't that Mm -hmm. really the answers are there, but as you've pointed out, it's not always the funnest of rides. It's going to present the greatest gifts to you, but it mm. is, it's, it's, it's challenging. And so much of this show is that discussion. I think everybody's looking for that easy answer. Yeah. On your website, when you get to uh, activeyogi.com.au and all of the info about the book and the website and where you can catch Kate's classes will be in the show notes. But there is a quote that says, always believe something wonderful is going to happen as soon as you hit your website. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you how you live to that yourself and and in the easier times and in the tougher times. Mm -hmm. So that quote is also in our yoga room at Flow because I would like for people when they roll up their mat and leave to have that kind of optimistic outlook. And it's a little bit like... um, being both alert and awake in the body yet at complete ease mm-hmm. so it's, it's kind of like a yogic philosophy philosophy that we have especially in the asana we want to be active we want to be alive in the posture we want to fill the posture with our awareness but we want to be so active so that we're tensing our shoulders and our faces all crunch like i'm doing i'm really active <laughs> you also want to be at ease as well mm-hmm. so it's like with that um always believe that something wonderful is about to happen it's like you know, you're you're awake, you're wakeful, and you're alive. But it's like there's no there's no set agenda, there's no set goals. Now, when I say that, some people are like, yeah, but you need goals to like live and to achieve things. I I I totally agree, and I have things that I want to do, and um, you know, big things that I want to do in the world. But I think what we have to realize is, and this is the biggest little pearl of wisdom from it is you know we do have all these goals and ambitions and we think we know the way that it should turn out but like I reckon we're just being done Mm. I reckon we're just being done I reckon the more that we can surrender to whatever uh, whatever force there is out there universe god Allah whatever you call that force the more we surrender to it 
I reckon like the better and more magic and magnificent life we're going to have. I'm more aware that you didn't really have control completely in the first place. To take that back, you said you were in advertising. Now you are run a yoga studio or a, you know, a, a health club, essentially. There's mm. a lot going on there. Um, <laughs> how, how shocked were you that you ended up where you were from the world that you were? And what were the lessons uh, that you went through along the way? Was there a lot of resistance? Um, if you had told me like in high school that I was going to be a yoga teacher, I'd have been like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like I come from the country, spent my upbringing, like as a kid, um, on our farm, we had an apple farm in Batlow uh-huh. and I was riding my bike around and I was getting dirty in the dam and I was like wakeboarding and doing all these things that you do as a kid in the country. I was a bit of a tomboy. When I went to boarding school at the age of 11, I loved it. It was the best ever. All those girls are still like my sisters. I might mm-hmm. not see them for a couple of years. They're still the best. But something in about year 9 or 10 happened. It's about 14, 15. And um, I became severely thin, anorexic. And, um, like, I just made up this story about myself, basically. Nothing mm-hmm. drastic happened, you know, Um but I made up this story about myself that I wasn't lovable and that I wasn't good enough. And so I controlled by not eating. Physically, I became well again. But mentally, it just kind of stayed. I stayed a little bit meh, you know. I used to always have this fire in my belly for athletics and swimming. I was an athlete. I loved team sports. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of fizzled out. So even when I be, you know, became physically well again, mentally, I just wasn't the same, mm-hmm. wasn't the same person. This carried on all the way through university and I just kind of settled to be on antidepressants. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made my way into a great job after university in advertising. I was actually working at the time for a little digital agency and I got into yoga because I thought I've got to ease my way back into fitness. I'd been partying, I'd been taking drugs, I'd been drinking and, um, you know, nothing ever too serious, but just dabbling all different things and, and partying way too much mm-hmm. and got into yoga out of vanity because I thought it would make me look good. And then I remember walking home from my very first yoga class in North Bondi at the Dharma Shala. Oh, talk about a lot of my book. Yeah, <laughs> there, still my home. And I'm walking along the promenade and I stopped. I literally stopped in my tracks because I could feel something. And it wasn't necessarily a really nice feeling or like emotion, but I could feel. I was like, this is, I'm not used to this. I've been like numb for a long time. Mm. It's like, is that yoga? Mm. So I'd go back and I'd go um, really consistently. I was going four times a week and within one month I came off my, started coming off my antidepressants. Wow. And so was that a decision because you, you wanted to feel, you wanted to explore yourself and you felt that that was a bit of a barrier? connected to myself again. Right. I just felt so lost for so long. I was Mm. like, I don't know what's wrong with me and I don't know why I can't feel my heart and I don't know why I can't feel elation nor the grief when someone close to me passed like it was numb Mm, mm, mm. and so it was you know the whole feeling aspect that that really drew me in and the mental like the mental I noticed straight away like before I mentioned I stopped sweating the small stuff Mm. less um, I was more productive I was way more focused I was sleeping better all my systems just felt so much better my digestive system so I just stayed with it and um you know, it took a while, cutting this long story short, it took me a, a, a while to really jump into just full-time yoga. My yoga teacher, Rick, who owned, who opened mm-hmm. the Dharmashala with Deb all those years ago, sort of stopped me on my way to work one day and said, Katie, you'd make a great yoga teacher. You should think about doing it. I think I'd been flirting with the idea of becoming a yoga teacher, but I didn't want to say that loud. And when he said that, it's like it gave me full permission. Yeah, right. Um... And I just became obsessed with the idea then. I was like, he's, he recognizes something in me, which on another point, if you, if you recognize some, that, some, something in someone or you believe in someone, always tell them because that changed the course of my life. That's interesting actually because I think it is also, that's essentially your sign a little bit, isn't it? I, and I think we, we often think that, we're, we're getting in the way of someone's business or we're, you know, making someone uncomfortable or maybe we're uncomfortable to be able to say things like he said mm. to you. And obviously he was, uh, uh, I don't know, to some degree woke enough to be able to say something like that to you. But 
on the flip side of that, I've been speaking about this a lot on the show, that it isn't our responsibility as a yoga teacher or as a broadcaster or as an influencer or whatever it is of the people that you think are the people that need to be able to speak to each other about you know, this is maybe something that will work for you or I think this about you, Mm. that we actually all need to be speaking to each other like that because Mm. we don't know that it could be something really small but very, very big in the big picture for someone else, which is quite fascinating when you think about it. Mm. That if we all started saying one little thing that we thought that was kind to each other, the tiniest little compliment or something that I thought this the other day and be vocal about it, that we could change the trajectory of each other's lives. Mm, I think if you just feel it, then you say it. But also it's honesty, isn't it? Yeah. So being honest. And I make a point now of being, since that day, of being honest with someone like... And because it can also just change people's day, you know, like that's true. Not lo- not necessarily lies. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's a little compliment or a silent blessing that you're giving them when you pass them, but 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 back to that, it's the honesty. Mm. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. And so moving on to the book, I mean, how did you... And, and I think there has been, going back to your point earlier about this transition of everybody not even really realizing that slow is important, but I think somehow the way the world is has brought it to the surface, I think, Mm -hmm. essentially, and understood that we have to slow down. How do you manage that in your life and also within your staff? You know, what do you actually practice to try and, not just in your classes, but in how you run your business and how people Mm. live under your direction? Mm Mm-hmm. So how do I slow down? Yeah, and slow everybody else down. Like, how is that now something that, after writing the book, that you're put, trying to put things into practice? Yeah, it's all simple things. It's just little daily rituals, which I don't always do, by the way, mm-hmm. um, especially at the moment. But uh, the, this, anybody can do this, no matter the number of children you have, no matter how busy you are at work, everybody can take five seconds when they open their eyes or even if you notice you're present before you open the eyes just to lay there and be aware of your body Mm. everyone can do that Mm. like sometimes my baby might start I might hear on the baby monitor starting starting to unsettle in the morning just hear a few little like sounds and stuff I'm like I've got five seconds before I need to go to her you know what I mean yeah so just to take a conscious breath doesn't have to be a deep breath just to acknowledge the breath and to feel it in your body boom you're already set up with the space you're already in that space of awareness um and then taking that into the rest of the day is another thing but that's the goal um but that's a good setting mark and it is really important to to say that i think i i don't know about you and i have empathy for it but i am getting a little bit over the i don't really have time thing it it's well then you don't have time to do the things I suppose you're trying to achieve you know it's really Mm. is a a very much a an answer your own answer to your own problem essentially but that five second thing is such a it sounds so simple but yet it is such a struggle for so many why because when we're quiet, the noise turns up. It's like back to why we don't go and practice yoga when we're going through. Sometimes we don't go practice yoga when we're going through a hard time or we don't want to meditate because we're going through a hard time mm. because we hear the voices in our head and sometimes they're not very nice. Mm. Um, or it's out of like lack of discipline. And I always say that I think discipline creates freedom. Like five seconds is Mm. not a lot out of your day. Like ideally it's longer, but discipline creates freedom because if you're setting yourself up with those rituals every morning, so be it five um, seconds to breathe, be it five minutes to meditate, be it 10 minutes, what do you have time for? And by the way, it doesn't have to be that. It can be, okay, I'm going to set aside time to go for a walk without any music, without my iPhone, or I'm going to go for a surf or whatever it is you Mm. do that when you do it, time stands still. 
if you're doing that, you're just creating space, you're clearing space, and I, I yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not into the whole. There's not enough time. No, and so much of my work I've done in the past about that conversation of really trying very hard to kind of pull people into this space not pull in a way that it's like this is the way this is the Mm. way that it should be but just almost as examples because I know when I was probably in my early 20s I didn't have many examples I didn't hang out with these kind I didn't hang I don't think I knew anyone that did yoga and didn't know anyone that was on the radio there's so many things that I ended up being and doing that I had no real examples of so I think I've always been quite um just open to that with that there's people that are listening that potentially just need an introduction to things mm. but now I've got to this other place where I'm stepping it up a bit and I think it's the listeners that are listening are, are either interested or not mm. and it is it's at that point where it's not that I don't have empathy for that place but I do think that universally we have been brought to a place where we don't have a lot of time to now be questioning how we do that or if we're going to do it because I think it time's getting away from us technology's taking over and there isn't as much time for us to contemplate whether we need this stuff or not anymore Mm. do you feel that yeah but I don't know how people are getting on without some kind of spiritual practice Mm. well they haven't burnt out yet I guess I don't know how we're doing it but it's it's happening yeah it's burning out but also I think that um you can't push anyone into it either. No. It's kind of like that law of least effort. All you can do is not even lead by example because even when you say the lead, you're still trying yeah, to change something. It's like B. And leading by yoga. example is you, your way, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Like at the end of a yoga class, and again, the, the asana isn't everything, but what I do at the end of that class is I encourage everyone, I always say, take the practice with you. Because you've always got a really beautiful space, a beautiful opportunity at the end of a yoga class or at the start of a day mm-hmm. um, to go, okay, I'm going to choose to move into the world from this really focused, mm. centered place or from a place in which I'm out of the body all the time. You've always got that choice. You can choose to move from like that really center point that place where you're fully aware or not aware, I guess. Is, it's is interesting. And I think or you or you contain your awareness. So it's like I think a lot of people contend, and I'm definitely guilty of this, and that's a really good point. I think I've heard you say that before, but it the penny dropped a little bit then, where it's like I feel what I feel on my yoga mat and I'm dedicated to that, but then where am I pulling from that all day? Mm-hmm. Like, do I go back and remember that feeling to mm-hmm. then – then get me through three o'clock or two o'clock or whatever it is or that hard phone call or or just tiredness like whatever it is it is interesting because it's really just thinking back to that what you did you don't really have to go back to the mat physically no yeah you just take the feeling that you've cultivated mm. you take the feeling of cultivate like the feeling where and that could be like you said work. anything it could be your version of yoga yeah. but if you're doing it every day you can pull from it throughout the rest of the day yeah, from that yeah. place where you feel grounded. So what is it that you've done when you feel grounded? Is it, has it been that I've been for a bushwalk this morning or I walk around the park? Has it been that I've surfed? And that, that, that feeling of feeling grounded and then taking that with me to then, okay, and this is where your, your stuff really gets tested. When you're driving to work and someone pulls <laughs> in front of you, right, and then all of a sudden you've got the choice to throw all of your yoga out the door, whatever <laughs> your yoga's been, or to be like, okay, Maybe that person really is in a rush or what rush am I in anyway? It doesn't matter if I get to work for like three seconds later, which really that's all probably is mm. going to be in the scheme of things. But just kind of step back from it and be a little less egotistical about it. Mm. I think we're all, and I'm definitely, I'm definitely guilty of this, like this is a really interesting experiment to go through the rest of your day just observing a lot of us are really just looking for reasons to be offended. That's so true. Like or we're a looking... reason to let go of frustration that's about something yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not. I'm yeah. not frustrated at you because you pulled in front of me. I'm frustrated probably. I hate my job. <laughs> yeah. It's got fucking nothing to do with this dick that just is interested <laughs> in indicating. Yeah. There's, there's this awesome book besides Life in Flow <laughs> that I think everyone needs to read and actually. 
I said to my partner a couple of nights ago, because I'm rereading this book uh-huh. for like the fifth time because it is my Bible. It's called The Untethered Soul by oh, Michael Singer. Mate, I, I can't even. Can't even. So I said to him it's this year. The, you could have picked it up by the toilet. Did you not notice it was near the dunny roll next to the bathroom when I you had a piss earlier? It's sitting there. No, Which is kind of fancy, isn't it? But look, you got to take the time when you take the time. Poor Michael. Totally untethered. Poor Mr. Singer. In there. But I said to him, all I want for my birthday this year is for you to read that book. Mm. Not because I want him to change, but because I want him to experience like more of himself. I don't think we could, I don't think we should try and change people, but I do want him to feel like I want I'd love it. I think he'd really like it. I don't know if there's anyone on this planet that wouldn't benefit from reading that mm. book. Actually, I know there isn't because there is the book essentially really gives you this idea of how to understand how we operate in this world and 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 really I suppose separate your kind of my a sense of self and your programming. Mm. And it sounds complex, but the whole book makes it so simple. It's so fucking simple. It's so simple. He's like, it's complex. You either you need hold to on read to it, it or yeah. you let it go. It's simple but complex, but it's, <laughs> it has to be complex because it's life in our body, right? It does pretty incredible things. Yeah. It, it keeps us safe. It gives us all the good things. That, you know, there's so much in that. Mm. But the way he simplifies it, I'll put it in show notes. I've shared it a gazillion times on all so, the stuff I do. But. So good. And actually, I was inspired from that book to write. There's something in my um, in my book, Life and Flow, called the 90-second rule. Mm. And so what I do is explain that if you feel an emotion, so this is how you let go of something mm-hmm. instead of letting it store and fester in your body and so that it turns... So, you feel a feeling and unless you let it go, it just becomes an emotion that mm-hmm. keeps bo- being brought up time and time again. Mm-hmm. So the 90 second rule helps you to process those feelings. So you feel whatever you feel, which is what we teach on the yoga mat as well. Feel what you feel, feel what you okay, feel so your today hamstring. I feel, let's just do an example. So today I feel, I feel anger. So I'm kind of frustrated by the fact that I can't graciously move my leg from the back of the mat to the front of the mat. Right. Okay. So then you stay with that frustration, how it really feels in your body, mm-hmm. and you feel it. Mm-hmm. You might feel it located somewhere, like the anger might be located in your throat or you might feel it in your heart. Mm-hmm. And when I say you feel you feel it located, let me put that really simply, you might feel a, t- a tenderness or a tightness in the heart or the throat or the t- tummy mm-hmm. or wherever you tend to grip. And so the idea is that you feel that wherever you feel it, mm-hmm. physically in the body, and then you just kind of let it be. And it's said that, there's been various tests on this, that within 90 seconds, generally the feeling will subside and pass. If you focus on it for 90 seconds? If you feel it. I feel it for 90 seconds. Feel it for 90 seconds. Let yourself feel it. Let yourself feel whatever you're feeling. Mm -hmm. Right? And then after the 90 seconds, generally it will subside. doesn't mean to say it will never come up again. Well, I just did it. And what happened? It's not there. <laughs> and I have the next question, because you have to go soon, but I did write, what, what sequences or poses or tips can you do to help move energy through you? And I think in the end, that question was very much answered by that. Totally. But then at the end of it, what happens is after the 90 second, well, what happens if we don't do the 90 second rule, if we don't feel what we feel? We don't always need the 90 seconds. It's a general rule for everything. You know, we're feeling a strong emotion. Okay, take the time to process it. What happens is we just kind of push it down, push it down, push it down. And then it, I believe, manifests itself as dis-ease in the body, mm-hmm. some kind of illness, um, or we could just let it go and we start to free ourselves from all these stuff that keeps coming up. Mm. I'm not there yet. I don't know if I'll ever be there in this lifetime, but I'm definitely more diligent in practicing it. I'm noticing the difference. And it will come up in the most random way. Like there's everyone knows that's listening to this show. I've had this cough for forever. We'll edit it out of this show, but I've been coughing several times through this podcast. And I know now what it is. <laughs> I went to every single physical Western. I even went down that road, which is very rare for me because mm. it wouldn't go. Mm-hmm. And I was still doing work and work on all these things I thought it was. I'm pretty sure I'm quite aware of what it is. But it isn't 
easy for me to let that one go you know so it does it's not always going to be something that if I held on to that from when I was a really little like a little kid it's a long time you know so it is and I like you said I think there is different levels of that stuff but it could very well be the practice of doing the 90 second rule daily or a couple times a day until it does start to change or it mm. does start to do something. It might not go completely, but like you said, it's a, it's a long-term thing. And if it's been a long-term problem, then it's it likely, and I, and I think this has been hard for me to accept, it could be a long-term solution. Like it's going to take a bit of work for me to let that one go. So you just shout out to those of you that are starting or even thinking about trying to feel that and expecting it to go and not mm. come back, like you said think it's important to give it the time you've probably pushed it down for and understand yeah. that it's going to take time and you might notice that the next time it comes around the next wave that it comes it might be less it might have less intensity around it because mm. you're more aware of it or maybe the universe sends you a massive big mofo of a wave because the universe wants you to be so enlightened that it's like here deal with this mm. one and so being open to that as well. So yeah, maybe that's one of your rituals in slowing. Mm. You know, we were talking before what mm. it, you know, anything that kind of helps you to slow down. Then that's a powerful little pause. Then ninety second rule. That's a big one. Mm. That's a good one. Usually at the end of the show, I ask, "What is a tool?" And I will ask you the question because I think that's a bloody good one. You've given me a lot. But is there a tool that everyone could walk away with in their tool belt that you would like to offer? Mm-hmm. Is there something that if they were to walk away and say, okay, I was taught this on the Stacey June show by Kate, mm-hmm. what what would you want it to be? Oh, there's so many. I mean, okay. you've given us a lot, but I yep. thought I might as well ask you because you might have something as, as yep. what, uh, to add. Yeah, one conscious breath. Mm-hmm. One conscious breath. And I was actually just uh, at a, a sort of a corporate space before here and I was talking to them about meditation and mindfulness and the practices of yoga and how can they do they can do yoga at their desk and they can be practicing yoga and conversation just basically by being present and all that sort of stuff and I said if there's one thing that you can take away from this and it's in the book it's just to breathe consciously so we can no matter what time what no matter what's going on and you don't have to be weird doing it like you can literally do it on a train you can do it in conversation with someone if you're feeling overwhelmed Mm. is just to notice your breath and more than that notice the space between the breath so in yoga we call it kumbhaka Mm -hmm. space top of the inhalation you know it kind of just pauses for a moment and then it fades into an exhalation there's Mm -hmm. this really natural pause at the base of an exhalation which is freedom for me like i feel like you're not dead but you're nothing. I know that people may take that as dark. You're, I, you're nothing and everything at all. Yeah, that's a nice extra. Nothing at all, but everything. But yeah. I often feel, I don't know, it's really strange to explain. We can't explain it though. No. Should we, should we do it like yes. a one little one minute practice of it? Yes. Okay. So if you're at home, just close down your eyes and get mm. comfy. You can be doing anything. You can be lying down. You can be sitting. You can be walking through the city wherever you are. Maybe if you're walking, don't close your eyes. I'm closing my eyes. But, yeah, you can press pause or just do it with your eyes closed. I did one of these today when I was doing a walk. Okay. And then just notice your breath without changing it, without manipulating it at all. You might sense the rise and fall of the chest and the abdomen with the breath. It's like you're barely breathing. You're just being breathed. Just deepen or widen the breath ever so slightly. Ever so slightly. Start to notice a really natural pause at the base of your exhalation before it is picked up into an inhalation. Pause at the top of the inhalation, turns around and into an exhalation. So just watching those gaps broadness, that space between the breaths. 
is perhaps a new awareness of the inner environment. And then you have that choice in a few moments when you crack the eyes open or you move into a task or a conversation to move into whatever it is that you're doing from that inner space. So if you're ready to, just cracking the eyes open. Mm. And we are so much more hopefully here. But the reason why I just encourage like a generous but gentle breath, just a slightly deeper breath is, you know, so often we're told when we're feeling overwhelmed or anxious to take a deep breath. And I think sometimes that can make it worse. Yeah. Because it excites the nervous system. I think so too. And I think as someone that is anxious and not a perfectionist maybe some would say but trying a fixer Mm -hmm. when you try and deepen the breath then you're so focused on then trying to improve it that Mm. you've lost any form of presence in letting yourself just be Mm. so then it's just added on top and on top and on top oh thank you so much I just I was laughing when I was cracking my eyes open because I was like oh yeah Stacey got to host the show because <laughs> we were talking about how we record in my home too so it's my feet are on the ground both of our little feet are on the ground and it's it's a nice energy so in here it's hot here. but it's a nice energy so nice i will put all of the info to all of kate's goodness that she's putting into the world on show notes you can find out more about her on activeyogi.com.au but the book is life in flow mm-hmm. uh, it is a manual to all of the things and more that we spoke about today and you can buy it online i'll put the link um i'll put the link in the notes and in bookstores thank you kate thanks <laughs> This has been another Bijou Podcast production. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.